Welcome back to Origins and Adaptations. My name is Andrew. I'm Cody. What's up, everyone? Woo-woo! Episode 33, boy! 38? 38. Why did I say 33? I don't know. I don't know why I said it as a question when I knew the answer. (laughs) 38? I'm like, 38! (laughs) But, yeah, it's been a while. Uh, We took a little break. Our personal lives got pretty crazy. They got Um, pretty personal. Pretty personal. That's a bizarre thing to say, too. And very lifelike. I would say. My life has been very life. Yeah, you know, it's yeah. just like real life. You have things, you have problems, you have... Yeah. You have... Not... I wish I could live in podcast land. But, no such luck. No such luck. But, uh, you know, amidst yeah. all the rest of, you know, everyday trouble, there is always time that we make for... Nerding out and uh, comic book reading and, and movie watching, and we've had a lot of time to reflect on all that. And I think we actually were really chomping at the bit to get back to this. I know yeah. I, I talked to you a couple of weeks ago saying, "Man, I kind of miss this." Like, yeah, we, we should, and we should really get back to this because it's it's too much fun not to. And I feel like we have a couple people who really enjoy and what we have to say. And they're and the best. They're the best. They're the best around. We appreciate um, you guys for listening. Yeah. Um, and you, there are a lot of topics that we are going to be catching up on um, for things that came out that we... Oh, well, gosh. There's a lot. We could go on for There's a lot. Ever. Um, There's so much. We will have a special episode in two weeks uh, because Guardians Volume 2 comes out. Woot! And so we will be seeing that that weekend. And talking about it I'm on the podcast. So heads up for the people who have not seen it, or will like will have seen it by the time that episode thirty, episode forty. Because no, and that's one's like, thirty nine, right? Yeah, and then the one after that. The pro- uh, okay, yeah. So yeah. Um. So episode forty will be a spoiler episode. Yes. Uh, for about the so earmuffs last, on that one. Half. We'll still do news and everything like that, but. But earmuffs for the rest. Yes. Unless you've seen it. Earmuffs. And then, let our glorious voices fill your eardrums. What was that voice? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Creeps. See, this is why I missed this so much. You're so lovely. We're back, boy. We're back. We're back, boy. Um, So, let's go on to news. Um, First of all, I don't, I'm, I'm kind of excited for this. We have a story uh, to tell you. <laughs> yeah. New Mutants, uh, which is a comic book series that was in like, I want to say the early 2000s, maybe late 90s. Uh, it was pretty much the old team moved on and they were doing other stuff. And so there was a new team of mutants and the old team was kind of like the teachers. Um, and so there's a new mutants movie coming out, X-Men Dark Phoenix which I think is, like, the next one after Apocalypse, which I... They're really doing that, huh? Yeah, which is weird, because you feel we didn't see Apocalypse, so... But what I was thinking is, the Dark Phoenix saga, if they were gonna do that, wouldn't it have been... Wouldn't that have made more sense to do with the original three movies? I don't well, know. they did it with the original three movies. I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, well, they did, but they didn't really do it the right way. Well, they didn't They didn't do anything the right way. <laughs> I don't know what three. I was trying to say. I'm just saying that I don't... An older cast is what you're trying to say. Yes, I don't understand yeah. why now. Yeah, you got Sophie Turner, I think, who plays 
Jean Grey. This is also confusing because they did the Phoenix, their interpretation of the Phoenix story. They Yeah, they've already done it. So, with... What, is this not a total reboot? I mean, who... I have no clue. Right. I don't get it. I mean, we'd probably have to watch Apocalypse. Take yeah. some, you know, you know drink I, a bunch of caffeine so that way we can stay awake. And in my case, probably a few glasses of wine <laughs> after that, after the movie. No, actually, so, was it a friend or was it... I had someone... Love interest? I'm just kidding. No, I, I had it was some, some girl who's telling me, honestly, it's really fantastic. And I was like... Something tells me you're wrong about that because of what I've heard, but maybe I should watch it because anyone telling me that this movie, that this movie is fantastic makes me want to see it to see what exactly all my friends are telling me about it. I have good. a group of friends who love the X-Men movies, uh, and she was like, or one of my friends, she was just like, I forgot it came out. <laughs> Like she yeah, saw, you told me she that. saw it, and she was just like, "I I forgot about it." Um, and then I've had other people say, "Technically, it's a good movie. It's like just a really solid movie, but all it has is that technicality. Like, there's nothing. There's no content. There's no depth to it. But it's just technically a well-made movie. So, hmm. um, but I mean, writing is part of. A script is part of the criteria. So. Yeah, when they're when they mean that, like as beginning, middle, end, like on paper, this movie is a movie. Oh, like it makes sense. It's just not very interesting. Yeah, that's why I've heard. Um, so X Men Dark Phoenix, meh. and then Deadpool two, which is the one I'm I am excited about. Yeah, is uh, released in two thousand eighteen. So, uh, speaking of Deadpool two, they finally casted Cable. Uh, and it's Josh Brolin, which, for those who don't know, is Thanos. So it's interesting. Um, I think he's able to do he that. He is Thanos. How yeah. Interesting, yeah. He's able to do that because Thanos is just a, a voice. It's a, right. it's all CG. So with this, he's like actually portraying he will be Cable, which I think is a... I, I don't even know why I didn't... I think I didn't see it because he was Thanos. So I was like, oh, he's out of the picture. Right. Um, but he's going to make an awesome cable, just that stern yet charismatic kind of figure who just won't put up with Deadpool's crap. Mm-hmm. Um, and a sizable guy, yeah, like he's, kind of an intimidating person. He's going to be, he's going to be jacked. Uh, Roland's a really versatile actor. Yeah, I, yeah, I think, I think the first movie he'll do it justice. First movie I saw him in was No Country for Old Men. Roland, yeah. The first movie, the first movie that I saw him in was Goonies. Never mind. First movie I saw him in was Goonies. <laughs> no, uh, it, it is so funny because because everyone knows. Oh yeah, Josh Brolin, fantastic actor, and most of these people seem to forget that was really his first breakout role. And yeah, and, it's just been so long since. Well, he's Goonies. so young in it. From you know judging his acting and that and what he looks like in that movie mm-hmm. compared to the rest of his career, yeah. which really. Didn't kick off until oh, quite a bit after that, like late two thousands. Yeah, as far as far as like really taking off. Yeah, I mean he was yeah in the Goonies and then probably doing a lot of very very like un- under a rock type of stuff with things that just weren't as noteworthy. Yeah. And then he just skyrocketed, exploded. Well, he played George Bush, right? In W. Yeah, I'm pretty, I never saw it. So I never did, but I'm pretty sure that was him. Was that him? And that was a pretty... I never saw it either, but I know it was a big deal as far as, like, shooting him back into the spotlight. Yeah. 
So good for him. Cool role. I'm, I'm a yeah. huge. I'm a huge Cable fan. It was. It was interesting because when I heard rumors that it was going to be there was two rumors of who it could have been, um, Hopper from Stranger Things, which I was like, he yes. would have. What's that? I always forget his name. I don't know. I learned his name and then I forgot it. Hmm. Anyways, yeah. So yeah. he would have been a good choice. Uh, and then Brad Pitt, which I was like, no, nah. he's too like Brad Pitt has the charisma. But he doesn't have the height. He doesn't have the body type, and I just I won't I wouldn't take him seriously as a stern. He's too like, pretty. Pretty, yeah. Cable's not like that. No. Cable's kind of just. I mean, Cable's not like hideous. <laughs> He's just not really like a pretty boy. Yeah. Think and of Roland's rugged looking, and he the, makes sense as that. As the that bad guy in the Avatar. The Avatar movie. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah. that's Cable. Actually, you know who else reminded me an awful lot of Cable? Um only like an action figure form was uh was it uh chip hazard from uh small soldiers yes i always thought of yeah he was definitely cable <laughs> like his character was with cable. the flat top yeah, and, and, the, yeah. and the just yoked out to him oh yeah and just the army like Argh! oh no he was i remember he that. was for some reason in my mind i thought he was cable for the longest time. That's so like, funny. Like, that's why I imagine it. I haven't thought of Small Soldiers in forever. Well, we should watch it. We should. It's, I would... it's terrible. Oh, it's totally... It's really bad. There's. It's totally... It has to be terrible. Like, I I do remember watching it, like, when I was a kid, and then uh, my Ben, my brother, just was obsessed with it. Uh, and then I rem- <laughs> remember going back and watching it, like, maybe five or six years ago, mm-hmm. and it was just... It was so bad. So I can't say that I haven't seen any of it in in that long. It has been, I think, about seven years ago. I caught the beginning of it on TV, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure I caught some dialogue. Is it is it is it Kristen Dunst? I'm she, pretty sure she's, she's a, the love interest. Yeah. Yeah. So there's just this bit of dialogue where he meets her, and there's a really weird bit of dialogue about. About music, about music conversation, about a band that I even like. She randomly approaches him and goes, "So, you like Led Zeppelin?" <laughs> and he goes, "Yeah, they're the greatest." And she's like, "They're my favorite band." <laughs> and it's like, "Okay, I'm a Zeppelin fan, and that's just a freaking creepy, weird conversation." Yeah. Just like, I just remember thinking the dialogue was terrible. So the rest I, of the movie has to be bad if that part was weak. I remember uh, Combat Barbie. Com- I'm Combat Barbie. Oh, gosh. Wait, yeah. was that that movie? I think it is. It's either that movie or that's Toy Story 2. <laughs> I also remember in uh, I, I remember Soldiers. Evil Barbies. That sounds really familiar. And they, they were like her toys. Oh, yeah. I remember the kid getting shot in the leg by the small soldiers with the corn yeah. uh, skewer things. Uh-huh. And be like, what? The movie was kind of messed up. It was. Yeah. But... I loved it as a kid. Yeah, we loved should we it. should watch yeah. it again. Yeah, cringe fest, cringe fest, two thousand seventeen. Yeah. Um. So then, moving on, Spider Man will be in Avengers four. Sweet. Uh, so, to be clear, that is not Avengers Infinity War Part two. Um. That is the fourth Avengers movie. So he will be in Phase four. Um. They have also come out and said that the whole MCU will be radically different. Um, after 2019, which is the last Infinity War movie, uh, I believe. I think that's when it comes out. 
Um, so they're just gonna they're gonna change a lot of things apparently. Yeah, I, I'm guessing big names are going to die. Um, big names are going to die. We're going to probably get the new Marvel's obsessed with generations right now, which is introduce introducing a new generation of superheroes. Uh, they might start that up. I don't know. Um, I think just more some of the big players are going to die. I I can't see Robert Downey Jr. doing this anymore. Yeah, at some point he's got to just make room for other things. Yeah, in his life. Yeah. Uh, so it's just cool to see that Spider Man will be in it because there was talks that Sony was going to stop the contract because and then do their own Spider Man movie because they saw the hype that people have for it. And it scared a lot of people and going, Marvel, the only reason Spider-Man is... Or, Sony, the only reason Spider-Man is doing well is because he gave it to Marvel. And Marvel knows what to do with Spider-Man. It's their golden boy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they just want him back. Um, so we'll see about that. I, I don't really know. I'm hoping that Sony will have a good idea for once in their life. Uh, <laughs> other than video game stuff. And just let Marvel handle this. And just reap the benefit. That's really, it's like, you don't need to place your Sony products in these movies. You really don't. And that's Spider-Man, Amazing Spider-Man 2 was just a giant product placement for Sony products. You had their Sony Vios or whatever they are, the phones. Everyone had those. There was a Sony laptops and everything was Sony. And it's just like, man, you need to stop. <laughs> you need to just tone it down. Yeah. Um... It's a little bit so, extreme. But I am excited. It means we will have Spider-Man in the Marvel hands until Avengers 4. After that, we don't know. I would hope that he, they keep him. It would be awesome to get some like older Spider-Man stories, like when he's in his 20s. That would be cool, because we haven't really had that. I mean, I guess Spider-Man 2 and 3 were him in his 20s. Well, yeah, but that's we're talking about in the cinematic universe, right? I mean, yeah. I hope they don't kill off this new incarnation of Spider-Man. No, I don't think he's going to die. Kill, again, kill him off or discontinue. I don't want either yeah. to happen. Um, then, uh, Hulu is ordering a lock and key pilot, which you've read lock and key. Correct? You know... Don't you have lock and key books? I feel like I've, you know, there's a couple of random titles that I, like this, to me this is a random title, that I feel like I have read at one point. I couldn't really tell you what it's about right now offhand. Okay. Hmm. I don't, I don't any, know anything about it. So, But it sounds... I think it's a, it's an indie comic. Is it made by Image? Is it written by Image? Uh, it's either Image or Boom. There's a good chance that I've thumbed through some issues, yeah. I don't... I think, I thought you had... No, I don't own any. Hmm. But I've I've spent time reading random image things when I got into Emory Wars. I wanted to read other indie comics. Okay. But, uh, so, for those who are into Lock and Key, uh, they are having the pilot. So that's really cool. Just It's cool to see indie comics getting full, uh, just big screen. Not big screen, silver screen. TV time. Uh, and I think, I think TV is the way to do comic books. Oh, yeah. That are smaller. Like, the big-time stuff, think... you do need the 
the AAA big stuff because TV is budget the wise. I, TV would be, I think, the ideal <laughs> way to do any comic book run that goes on for a long period if you of time. Had, if you had money for it. If you have the money for it, yeah. yeah. It's just a money issue and a budget thing and because um, TV and, episodes carry on. And you have to have the writers. Like, it's really weird uh, experiencing this with, I mean, this is something we can talk about with uh, the Marvel Netflix series right now. And it's it's making me worried for the rest of the the just this universe because I haven't enjoyed really any of them except for the Daredevil series. And I enjoyed the first half of Luke Cage and Jessica Jones, but by the second half they were just falling off the edge. Uh, and then Iron Fist was just a kind of a train wreck from the beginning. So, so you you originally told me that you thought Iron Fist started off weak and then gets better. It's it's a train wreck at the beginning, and by episode five, it's gotten decent. Like did you, it's did you like it's it? Arrow level. Oh gosh! Yeah. So, so so you did finish it though. I've not finished it yet. Okay. That's how uninterested I am. See, I know some I people watched, who said they liked it quite a bit. I have watched a season and a half of Bates Motel. In the time that's taken me to finish five episodes of Iron Fist. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I, I don't know. Well, there's I'm no just, accounting for taste. Yeah. it's I'm yeah. just... I'm not interested. He's a terrible Iron Fist. The whole story is just kind of bad. Uh, the action is not good, which... I have a huge problem with that. They could have thrown everything out and kept the action in and it would have been fine like if the action was good i would have been satisfied Mm -hmm. um but there's just so many moments that you can see that it looks like they're rehearsing the choreography instead of actually doing it um and then yeah that's what makes the choreography in daredevil so great is that it looks spontaneous they make you think that it's just flying at you off the cuff yeah and there's like there's even one scene where he goes to do like a jump kick and he clearly misses the guy and the guy goes flying backwards it's That's just like pretty weak, and I even remember like we were, it, like you you can tell his foot doesn't connect. Yeah, we all were there. Like there was four of us watching, and all of us all at once said that didn't connect. Like there wasn't a <laughs> single person that was like, "Oh yeah, maybe," but we all said it. Um, That's pretty weak, man. Yeah, and I don't know. There's there's moments where he gets like beat up by a rando thug, mm-hmm. but he takes on like six guys in a hallway with no sweat. But just this random thug in the hospital, just like he has the most trouble with it. It's just, it's not consistent. Uh, the choreography isn't good. His character is just off, and I don't know. It's bothered me. It's not when I see this, I don't see Iron Fist. Mm. Or is the other one enjoying Legion, right? Oh, Legion, so good. But that can be another topic. I didn't need to watch that one. Yes. Um, this is kind of news for me, just because this is the show that I had basically swore off in front of every listener we've ever had that I would never watch Jessica Jones. Okay. Be- I feel yeah. I feel like at one point my attitude was more or less yeah. that. Am I wrong? It was pretty much like, as long as Kristen Ritter is Jessica Jones, I'm never going to watch it. Yeah, so anyways, I have been watching it. Um, I know your opinions on it, and like mm-hmm. I know the direction that you've told me it goes. and yeah. I'm just watching it anyway, yeah. because a friend of mine... Uh, really wanted to turn me on to it, and I checked it out. And so far, I'm very much liking the villain and 
the mystery around him and and the story like and and all of that. Yeah. Um. I still am not in love with Kristen Ritter, but it's she's growing on me more and more. Um. Don't trust the bee in Apartment Twenty Three. Really, really left a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. I just, I just didn't like her character in that show. <clears throat> but and um, out of the Marvel Netflix series, it is definitely the. I mean, it's number two. Mm-hmm. Like. When I when I said it like when I had my thoughts about it, uh, I think I made it. It was like a, I gave it like an eight instead of a nine, which I give Daredevil. So it's like it's not bad. It's good quality cinema. I give Daredevil a nine point five. First season, yeah. Second season, the second half averages it down to a nine. For me. But I, I would, I would, for me, I would give it probably a nine point four or nine point five overall. That's just, that's just me though. Yeah, it's really only, <clears throat> only it's, one of the, only one of the Elektra episodes really was kind of like, eh, to me. I'm actually, even with her in it, I still kind of dug it. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's just the, the last like, four episodes, kind of just felt like they were rushed, and. Some of the Ellen Page, Ellen Page, well, Ellen Page. Uh, <laughs> I forgot her. I know her last name is Page. Karen. Karen. That's it. Uh, the Karen Page stuff. I was like, what in the world? Like, that's not how this works. Um, with the whole journalism thing, that she has no background in journalism, uh, but she wants to go out and get the story, and she all of a sudden, by the end of the season, has her own desk. And yeah, it's just like, what? <laughs> like it just—that was one of the moments I couldn't do the whole suspension of disbelief. Yeah, uh, that's a little too. Yeah, like, and then the whole Electra stuff. Hollywood was like, oh, this just happens. Yeah, this just happens. It's like, no, it's not how. This, that's not how. It's not how this works. Wor- <laughs> it's not how this world works. Yeah, because the world they create for. These characters is one that's very dark and real. Yeah, it would it's be like, different. This is if a it, struggle. It would it would be different if it was like Superman. Yeah, and in Metropolis, where it's like, oh, we don't know how their whole system works. Like, it's, yeah, it's it's different. But it's like, no, this is New York, and these are real Hell's people. Kitchen. Yeah, and the only like I understand that there's uh, superpowers and everything, and that's another thing that bothers me is like in the first in Daredevil. When this guy shows up and starts doing all this crazy stuff, he's a vigilante. No one goes, oh, how, like, how is he doing that? That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Or, like, when all this crazy stuff starts happening, mm-hmm. there isn't a single character that is, like, no, that that can't be because that does that never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, because the reason that is is because aliens fell from the sky and destroyed New York. There's a giant green Hulk monster. There's Thor. There's Captain America. And there's Iron Man. Like, all these characters, and I've had a couple of people talk about this, where in these shows, they're always surprised when another person has superpowers. Which, like, it happened in uh, Luke Cage, where there's like, he had bullets in his shirt, but he's not dead? How can that be? It's like, what about all these other, <laughs> like, superhero yeah. characters? Like, they, they can't be one of those. Um, happens in Luke Iron Fist, actually. Where someone straight up says, dragons aren't real. I'm like, really? You're going to be that, like, ignorant right now? That dragons aren't real, but aliens from space trying to conquer Earth are? Mm Mm-hmm. So, 
it's it's weird writing of what like, was that race called again in Avengers? Uh, the Chitari. The Chitari, yeah. yeah. And not even just that, but then you have Agents of Shield, which is de- dealt with Inhumans, which the weirdest like this is what's bugging me the most because they have they reference each universe, they reference the Netflix series, they reference the movies. Actually, uh, Shield only references the movies and the Netflix series only references the movies. It's just bothering me that these aren't being connected at all because S.H.I.E.L.D. has dealt with more comic book Mm storylines than I would say any of the other series have. Like, even the movies. Like, the movies have dealt with origin stories, but they haven't dealt with, like, universe storylines. And S.H.I.E.L.D. has dealt with a lot of those. Uh, Like, they're they're they dealt with the Ghost Rider and all of that, everything that goes around with his lore. They dealt with Inhumans. They're dealing with LMDs right now, which is life model decoys, which is, like, I'm really into. They dealt with Hive, who is, a, who is like, the embodiment of Hydra. Uh, so it's, it's weird that this show is dealing with all this stuff and none of the other, none of the other big characters, the big boys... Netflix and uh, the MCU uh, even touch base about this. That, like, I understand with MCU, each individual movie, they have to keep to that thing. But in the Netflix series, Inhumans are people who have a gene that it, they're pretty much mutants. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the whole world got affected about this, and it's not a secret. Like, the whole world knows about in S.H.I.E.L.D. So well, why... in Jessica Jones, there's a part where she says... I know several hundred uh, meta humans. Me- right? Yeah, just in, in this area alone, we're not the only, I'm not the only one, and I can't I can't remember who she says that to. But so they do say that then. Yeah. But are you saying like it, it's not brought up in like the other series often enough? Well, like in the other series, when people are surprised that this that there's a superhero person. Oh, you, okay. So are you referring to the audience, or are you referring to the people in the, sh- the in show? the show? Oh, okay. No, no, no. Okay, the okay. audience. Anyone who's surprised that a Marvel Netflix series character right. has a superpower really needs to, you know, rethink a lot of their life. <laughs> um, but, it, yeah, it's just, it's surprising that you don't see this. Uh, and I wish, like, it's just that separation um, that I wish the movies have this connection with each other. And it's amazing. And I wish Marvel would learn how to make that connection uh within the TV universe and the movie universe because it would make it seem it would make it seem like a more connected universe uh, where right now it just seems like they're referencing comic books not actual things that are happening it doesn't really seem like they are it's kind of funny the way yeah. it doesn't feel like the same universe yeah it is but it doesn't and feel we all, like it. but we only know that because of the small references they make yeah um, S.H.I.E.L.D. is... And we've been told. Yeah, and but... I can see it more with S.H.I.E.L.D. because S.H.I.E.L.D. legitimately connects with the MCU so S.H.I.E.L.D. is the one uh, TV show that uh, I think I would like that I haven't gotten into. And that one directly relates to all the big Marvel... Yes. Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Event movies. Yeah. Which I don't know... Uh, no, yeah, they did with the Civil War. They came out with the Accords. Which were, uh, which was a big deal. 
Well, in um, a way, it's just because it's Shield. I mean, it's it's in the Marvel movies. Yeah. It's it's poignant to what really was the springboard for the Avengers to begin with when yeah. Coulson comes up to the, it's it's Stark, right? Coulson approaches Stark. Oh, uh, he approaches Pepper Potts. In, Pepper, yeah. In Iron Man, the first Iron Man movie. Yes. Uh, yeah. So I don't even know how we got on this topic because we're talking TV about, shows. We're talking oh. about uh, Lock and Key. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I just want I just want writers to write. <laughs> like I want them to do their job. And do it well, mm. uh, because even like Flash season three, I I stopped two episodes in, because I'm I'm just done. Um, it's becoming Arrow level, and everyone keeps saying that Arrow season five is becoming like the old Arrow. And it's like I don't care anymore. Like you spent a season and a half destroying the show. Why would I come back? Um, and then yeah, and then don't even get me started on Supergirl. Uh, of me barely getting through one episode, but I don't know. I don't I, even I, want I to hopes. talk trash about that show because I feel like I just I'd have to see more than the few images and trailers that I've seen. Yeah, which look horrendous. Yeah, first and season, is and that's the bad. only thing that I can do. Yeah, uh, is just trash talk those it's, those trailers. And it's stuff. just annoying yeah. because I had like. I had high hopes for comic book media in in the TV world. And I was like, oh, it's going to be, like, this is going to be great. Yeah, and in 2017, sadly, I'm not surprised that they're just trying to make this all teeny boppery and hip and... Jeez, I just feel like also every character is not only meant to made to be, like, super attractive, but, damn it, why is every character so young? Not every hero is the like they're getting. I feel like the, in a lot of these shows they're having twenty somethings play these characters, mm-hmm. and most of the time a lot of these characters are really in their thirties. A lot of a lot of the main comic book characters, and I get they're trying to start them off young, probably so that it'll go it's on. It's longevity, but it's like I don't know what the it only is. The one I can think of is Green Arrow. Well, I don't know. Grant Gustin's Flash to me is younger than I ever remember Barry Allen being. But maybe that's just because I started reading Flash when Barry Allen was a little older. I think older. Grant Gustin's like 26, 27. I mean, he has a is, career... Is, has... I feel like, isn't Barry Allen, isn't he closer to like mid-30s? I always saw him. He's quite... I, I thought he was older when than Wally West by quite a bit. When you see him first in the books... He I has always... a youthful look to him, though. I, yeah, I always saw him as like But it's just like how polished, and, how polished and young he, he looks, and... He looks young. Yeah. Like, that's, that's the thing. But it, you know, it's it's not like just the idea of it. It's just I, f- I feel like everything is meant to be all geared towards young people by having these shiny, attractive people who, you know, are it's just it's just super it's just super geared towards young people because it's CW. Yeah. And I kind of wasn't surprised that that's how it would happen. It's just that's why I like Shield. Shield's not like that. It's not like that's that. Another I reason mean, why I need to get into two of the show. main leads are forties late 40s maybe early 50s mm-hmm. uh and then yeah the characters become attractive in the sense that you develop like they develop character um and so you're attracted to the personalities mm-hmm. more but but that's a very diverse cast and it's annoying because when supergirl came out they're like first like 
female-led superhero TV show. It's so great. And same with Jessica Jones. I'm like, except that you've had S.H.I.E.L.D. for the past two years, which has a female lead. Like, a, it's all... Not even that. You have an Asian-American female lead mm-hmm. with another Asian lead with another Scottish lead, uh, female lead. It's like, you have this diverse cast here but since it's not these big booming tv shows you you don't want to talk about it uh which isn't is she, isn't she pretty popular it's it's weird it it wasn't uh but um every episode has higher ratings uh every time so it's it's getting back up there but for the longest time it wasn't hmm. uh i'm was it not when it first came out other than no definitely not because it wasn't really good when it first came out and yeah. i will i will say that the first half of the first season is not good. Like, it's just really boring, generic, monster of the week kind of stuff. Mm. Uh, and then after Winter Soldier happened, it just radically changed uh, the S.H.I.E.L.D. universe. Yeah, it had, it had something to give it life. Yeah, and... That makes sense, totally. And it's, it's been... I would say it's gotten stronger every season. This season, I haven't... I need to catch back up. Life has been busy. Uh, but the Ghost Rider story arc at the first half of the season was top notch like really well done um and it made me love ghost rider but but yeah i used to just love the leather jacket he does have a leather jacket still is it, is it still cool yeah it's pretty That's cool. it's more of like a. that was the only thing cool about nicholas cage's ghost his rider. leather jacket is more like a like a a motorist leather jacket instead of just like a biker's leather jacket mm. um because he drives a it's like a i want to say it's a camaro he drives a camaro instead of a bike mm. which his camaro is awesome 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 um so he, oh yeah we're gonna talk about yeah. the thrawn book thrawn book was released that's so, all the news i have because <laughs> so i know just a tidbit about it um i need to read it i'm really just gonna say that I think this is magnificent that Timothy Zahn, who wrote the original Thrawn trilogy, trilogy. is... Yeah, he's the guy who wrote this one, and I'm guessing it's going to be in... It, or it's, it, I'm not guessing. I, I read that it's basically his origin and yeah. and how his career came to be with the Empire and uh, very similarly to the Tarkin book. Yes. Which is I don't know how well thick done. this book is going to be compared to the Tarkin book because the Tarkin book isn't it a pretty thick read? Um, I don't have it here. My friend is borrowing it. Uh, what? You're still not done with Lords of the Sith. You need to finish that, and then you can read. No, that's not what I meant. I meant we both have people. We both know people who have books of ours. But I know who has mine. Do you know who has yours? E- e- well, I asked around, <laughs> and no one has gotten back yet. That hey, that's actually in in the big picture. It's only half my fault. Okay, that's it's also yeah. it's also on the person who you loaned it to. Yeah, because then they should be like, hey, I loaned you this. Yeah. Um, it is a possible. Well, that's only one of the books, though. It is a possibility that someone picked my book up off the shelf. My other one that I that's missing. My other yeah. graphic novel. Who knows? I don't know. But. I don't know, man. I'm not here to point fingers. All I'm yeah. saying is that wasn't why I was giving you a look. Yeah. Oh. Okay. <laughs> it wasn't about you needing to finish it. Uh, uh, so, I'm excited that it's the original the original author. I'm yes. interested to see what they keep. 
I still am not sure if in Rebels that those creatures um, on Thrawn's wall, those kind of lizardy looking creatures, I'm not sure if those are the, I believe it's, you pronounce it uh, Esalamir or Esalamiri for plural. Um, I'm not sure if that's what those are, if it's like a new kind of re kind of a rebooted take on how they looked because they look very similar to the way they look in the comic books but they're not as I don't know they, they look more rep, reptilian and less uh, furry which this kind, they kind of look like a combination of those in the uh, in the comics and then they were described in the books as being kind of like these tree dwelling bizarre creatures and i'm just curious if that's what that artwork is that we see on his wall and mm -hmm. then the black series figure was released and you see those creatures yeah and i'm wondering if because the these creatures are force repelling well the black creatures, series i don't know what they're trying to do the black series that was released is based off of his novelization which not which novelization the timothy zahn trilogy is the the black series one is based off the old the yeah. expanded universe. Stuff. Yeah, it's not based off the new Thrawn. Mm -mm. And you see that because even just like his facial features resembles more of the original. Well, yeah, it's hard to design. tell. It's hard to tell with the stylization of Rebels. You don't know yeah. what they're trying to go for. Yeah, but the from everything that I've seen, they're basing it more off of that. But if that's so, that's the that's that's the first Black Series figure based off a character from the expanded universe uh i need to look into it but i think they just recently announced a bunch of black series based off of expanded universe characters really yeah that's probably that's probably gotta be the first that's been yeah, released though because i think there was a mara jade one mm. yeah that, uh, that, that definitely is not in stores yet no it, no this was all stuff that was just announced um, i would have to i have to verify that that is just something off the top of my head but i do remember thinking well that's kind of weird because it was characters that aren't Canada They're not canon any, yeah. canon anymore, but I think that <clears throat> Star Wars uh, merch people and, and people who make toys are smart enough to know that a lot of people still want the collectibles yes. of those. Yeah. And, 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 the, and that should exist. because Collectibles aren't canon. It doesn't have to be. So, it isn't like, oh, you, you can't make figures of this character because they aren't canon anymore. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm glad that Thrawn's canon, and I'm interested to see what they make his backstory, because you really know very little about about what he's been through all you really are familiar with in the old novels and especially in rebels is who he is currently yeah and you know that he's a very calm intense calculated person yes yeah no he's been awesome in rebels like the best part of season four by far I've, I've caught several episodes that he's been in yeah it's because i'm always like Cut it! yeah whenever he's <laughs> in an episode andrew's like hustle over here um so that's a smart move and I'm sure yeah. there's going to be other great Star Wars books coming out as well. There's also Ahsoka was also released, which is um, follows what was happening between Rebels and Clone Wars uh, with Ahsoka, who is, for those who don't know, is Anakin's apprentice before he uh, before Episode Three. He had an apprentice between Episode Two and Three, uh, and by the end, right before Episode Three, pretty much happened. Uh, she was blamed for something she didn't do, and then no one backed her up or trusted her. Uh, so when they asked her to come back into the Jedi Order, she said no, uh, because how could she put her trust back into them if no one trusted her? Uh, so 
she then became a gred, kind of like a gray Jedi, where she was still a gred, a gred, uh, <laughs> a gray Jedi, where she still had her lightsabers, um, and she still uses the Force, but she wasn't following a certain Jedi code. Um, so, and then she reappeared back in Rebels, kind of like fighting the Empire, and then she had a big uh, battle with Darth Vader at at the end of season two. Which was really intense and really cool, uh, but so the Ahsoka book is between Clone Wars and Rebels, like pretty much exploring exploring what she went through uh, before that. So that I also need to read. Oh, there's just so many. I have to read so many books. I don't like reading books. I wish they were just comics. Um, I like to read books, but it's just keeping up with them once yeah. the pages stack up. Yeah. Because getting, because it's three characters you want to learn about, and there's between two hundred and seventy to five hundred pages for yeah, each of them. Yeah, I mean, I can read what twenty issues of comics. No, no, no. No what? I don't know. Uh, no, no, <laughs> no, problem. no problem. No problem. No <laughs> problem. I totally spaced on what that word. Like, was. like no, 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 uh, no problem. That's kind of Jeff Goldblum, where it's like, uh, uh, no, uh, uh, no, uh, no, there no, uh, <laughs> uh, there it is. Uh, no problem. Uh, so, Blessings last, of Liberty. Last but not least, uh, I... Blessings of Liberty. ...have concocted a comic book. Blessings web, of Liberty. Oh my gosh. Uh, a webcomic, which I am very excited, very proud of. Um, I'm... Creating it with two others, I am the editor slash creator, where uh, I have come up with all most of the characters and the whole universe and how everything works. Um, setting, I'm making sure everything looks exactly how it needs to look. Uh, by an awesome artist, Ben Schultz, who is drawing it, and it's wonderful. Uh, and then an awesome writer, uh, Sam Schultz, they're actually brothers. And he, his dialogue is just great. Uh, and it was weird seeing the first script and just being like, this is like everything in my head is written down, which is crazy. Uh, so that launched. It's a webcomic. You can actually find it at blessingsofliberty.weebly.com or blessingsofliberty.com.weebly, one of the two. Follow on Facebook. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Uh, yeah. So how often are you guys releasing pages again? Uh, every Friday. Every is, Friday. A, is a page. I've been keeping up. We, cool so far, man. We should have our first issue out by September. I think that's where we saw. Sweet. Um, and then I will... I want me a t-shirt. Yeah. Uh, or a pin. Ooh. Those would be sweet. Uh, yeah. Merch idea. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, just, I'm excited. Blessings of Liberty Socks. When... <laughs> oh, no. Uh, when we... Release the issue when it's finally all the way done, all the way complete with issue one. Um, my plan is to go to print um, and get an actually physical copy of mm. issue one, which and then uh, show it off to people. Question: Would you want if, if you if you guys were doing that? And I'm sure it'd be ideal if Ben was here to answer this question too, because yeah. you probably don't know this actually. Probably not. Uh, it's pertains to the art. Would you want to? just do a physical printing of what you've already concocted or would Ben prefer to release the non-digital format in a more organic 
more organically drawn way. Uh, it's all digital, so... I wasn't sure if it was just because you're releasing it digitally right now. No, he's drawing it he digitally. Per, he, he, does he actually truly prefer to do that, that, do it that yeah, way? Yeah, it's just easier for his hand. Um, and a lot of comics these days are going that way. I Yes, but I mean, it can go one of two ways. Some yeah. digital stuff is fantastic, and some of it looks like, you know... Yeah. You could you could imagine it looking differently, or you can. Yeah. So I wasn't sure what his idea was of that. No, I think I know I think, he likes clean. He likes clean lines, and he doesn't like yeah. uh, too much mess. Yes. And his stuff is very stylized very, very, and simple. Very easy to see which okay. character is which character. What's happening? Yeah. And I like that. I you know I do like lines on my characters when they're drawn especially superheroes, but the way he does it is really great. He's also good at making each character have their own distinct face. Yes. And their body shape. Yes. That is, I like that. That is really important. That's actually one thing we've talked about a lot, which is um, having the character look very significant to who they are. Uh, and I, I even remember one time, like, he showed me an image, and I was like, and going back to that, the lines, like... I was like, there's too many lines there. Like, something's off. Can you get rid of this line? And he did. I was like, it looks so much better. Like, it's crazy. He's really talented, and I'm very happy to be working with him because it seems like I think of a character, and he just brings that character to life. Uh, and it's just, it's been awesome. It's been a blessing of liberty. Uh, no, and I'm, I'm really excited for where we're going. We are doing Patreon, so if you do want to support us... Uh, you can get access to like yeah. Uh, I want to do that too. You got to yeah. Yeah. Tell us how. To, uh, so if you go to <laughs> if you go to our Facebook, um, there's links everywhere, uh, and then if you it's just Patreon.com/slash Blessings of Liberty, or you can just type in Blessings of Liberty on Patreon. Uh, but yeah, you can get early sketches of the page that's releasing that week. Uh, we are doing. All the way up to you can actually have a video call with us, just talk about the comic, any questions. Mm. We do prints. We're going to be doing prints that we're going to sign and then send to people's houses. Of uh, They will be um, special prints as well uh, that aren't in the comic, kind of like landscape kind of stuff. Uh, we're, you get character profiles of each of the characters that have been introduced so far uh, and their backstory and who they are and just maybe their abilities and what they do. Uh, and then, and then, yeah, you'll get a sketch of, uh, a rough sketch of each page each week and kind of like an update, uh, on what's happening. But yeah, blessings to liberty. I'm excited, uh, that this is actually happening. It's just really cool. Dude. Uh, something that yeah. I have a passion for. Yeah. I mean, it's something I was, you know, you know, that I want to do as well yeah. Yeah. where, uh, I have this kind of ludicrous comedic uh universe that is based off not not based off inspired by uh star wars gi joe and mission impossible yeah it's and, it sounds awesome yeah, yeah it's gonna be called laser brothers and i think it's freaking hilarious and yeah. it's meant to be cheese ball but also i want to have a really uh interesting uh and at times intricate plot line and mm-hmm. I created a ton of characters one night, kind of by <laughs> it was kind of happenstance. I I, yeah. I really had no idea what I was doing in the beginning, and then I was like, "Man, I've got characters now." <laughs> You've got characters up the just up the wazoo, up the wazoo and I already figured out, out which character is dying first. 
and how she dies. Yeah. And uh, hey, I I know which character is going to die first in my comic too. Yeah. Yeah. It's not based off me, is it? No. Thank God. Uh, so just <laughs> just letting everyone know that none of my characters are based off of anyone in my life. That's good. Um, Most of mine are. There's a couple yeah. that I think were just they're these people's. That's actually one of the rewards for supporting us. Is being drawn in the background. Of that's pretty. See, that's sweet. I, re- I remember you guys yeah. discussing that in front of me. Yeah. Um, interesting, because the way I see what I have going out, it's mo- it's more just the namesakes that were inspired by my initial reaction to people. Yeah. I'm going to do different things with each character. Yes, yes, yes. Um, like I have several extra characters that I could do more with, as far as like giving them more quirks and more. Eccentricity is like, I've got a pirate, I've got a mercenary, I've got several agents, um, but I'm going to take my liberties of them. Yeah. My blessings of liberties. Oh, no. <laughs> it's, just, it's just so easy to slip that in. And, uh, yeah. I've even got a Supreme Chancellor. Yes, you do. In my yes, story. Well, uh, that's about it for news this week. Oh, one other... Uh, Cloak and Dagger, do you know who they are? From Marvel Comics. Yeah, but I've never read. I, yeah, okay. no, no, yeah, no, uh, totally. They uh, are coming out with a TV show. Trailer I heard re- about that. Trailer was released. I forgot to show it to you. Um, well, I'm surprised that I didn't see it for myself. I, yeah. I, it was I look of... things up occasionally by myself. I can be self-sufficient <laughs> when I choose to be. When uh, I choose to be. Uh, no, uh, it was released and... It actually looks really well done. I'm I'm actually excited for it, just because I think people are going to be surprised. Uh, it's as much as you are annoyed <laughs> by the teeny bopper stuff. Yeah. Uh, that's what Cloak and Dagger is. Uh, the Cloak and Dagger comics are very. Sen- I mean, they're teenagers who have abilities that are kind of connected to each other, uh, and so they have this close intimacy. But they're teenagers, uh, so a lot of stuff happens. So I don't mind if the characters themselves are written that way. I just don't feel like every when they take a, every like waking a, moment needs to be geared toward. Oh, yeah. I love my cell phone service. Yeah, this is so bomb. It's so dope. I got this and new this new phone app. This new phone app. <laughs> and here you go. Here you go. Uh, and then the freaking useless park, which is it's a park of pot. Uh, it's remember. park yeah. because the annoying thing is that's Wally West's wife in the comics. Who he has children with? <laughs> I feel like uh, that's where. That character from uh, Wet Hot American Summer, the TV show. Yeah. She'd, she'd be like, this is really stupid. <laughs> Your hair's really bad. Your hair's really bad. Um, yeah. Uh, so let's so, get back to... Or, Cloak and Dagger. So I'm excited for that to come out. Just heads up, it's going to be on Freeform, which is, on, which, is, which is what ABC Family used to be. Sweet. Yeah. Okay, now we're on to topics. Topics. My topic this week is we saw MMPR. We did see MMPR. Well, I guess yeah. it's just called oh, Power Rangers. It's Saban's Power Rangers. Saban's Power Rangers. We saw Saban's Power Rangers. Which came out... Which I will continue to refer to as MMPR because to me it's always going to be the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. I mean, the characters are. Like, that's the weird thing. It's not like it's... I think it's because they changed who is who. Like, what yeah. ethnicity is what. But that's the only difference. It doesn't make them not the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. It doesn't. They even have the dinosaurs. Spoiler. Yeah. And they even said, it's morphin' time. This is a big... Okay, this is... 
This is going to be spoiler for Mighty Morphin Power Rangers, mm-hmm. or Saban's Power Rangers, for those who have not seen it, uh, and do want to see it without any spoiler, uh, just stop listening for a little bit, uh, because we are going to talk about it. Um, but in I depth. feel like we've we've given it quite a bit of time. It came out in March, didn't it? This movie's been out long enough that if you haven't seen it, you you probably, probably can't. shouldn't care too much about the spoiler. And you probably aspect. can't at this point. Is it? Uh, I think it's out of theaters. I don't know. I just had to. Uh, oh. Yeah. So we didn't rush this at no. all. No. <laughs> no. 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 We lagged. Well, we didn't have. We lagged. We were big on time. It was in the middle of our break. So <clears throat> let's get right to it then. Um, I remember the day it came out. I got seven point five. Oh, you're you're just giving <laughs> you're giving a rating. For it? You said let's get to it. Oh, no. okay. What were you, you saying? You're just like here's my rating. What were you saying? Oh, I remember when it came out. I was so excited. I went out and I bought a couple Power Ranger shirts because I wasn't sure which one I wanted to wear to the theater. So I bought a Green Ranger shirt and a really cool stylized uh, kind of stonewashed '90s looking Mighty Morphin Power Rangers logo shirt. Yep. Yeah, and that's the one that I wore that night and. Uh, I was really just, I was just excited and hungry for a Power Rangers movie because the only one that I had ever seen besides that one was the original Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie that came out back in 95. Which was bad. It was bad. And even at the time, I remember outgrowing it pretty quickly. I remember, yeah, I remember going back to the show and enjoying the worst parts of the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers TV show and enjoying it more. Yeah. By quite a bit. Um, but this is this is different because they're reinterpreting the characters. Yeah. A couple of them. Actually, really all of them because they were never delinquents. Mm-hmm. They were never like that in the old show. They were very stand-up kids. Yes. And they were already, they were pre-developed kids. By that I mean their character, their, their, their character pre, developed. pre-developed characters. Yeah. They never really did anything besides make they okay. Well, the one thing they did was they uh, gradually made Billy into less of a geek. Okay. Uh, David Yost's appearance and the way he would speak started to become more just like a normal guy. Hmm. Um, he would still have his his uh, his calling quote or his uh what's the word I'm looking for his catchphrase uh affirmative okay where he would still yeah. say that but he stopped being like well i think i'm fully mentally and physically, physically oh, prepared yeah. for my first you know this yeah. that yeah where he would go off and he would just say simple things in like the most complex yeah way possible um speaking of which they kind of toned that down and they just made but but what's up speaking of which billy probably my favorite character Billy like, was my favorite I mean, character in the new movie as well. I mean, well. Billy has kind of always been my favorite character. Um, Red Ranger, as a Power Ranger, definitely Red Ranger. Jason has was always the coolest, but when, when they're in like their normal life, um, Billy was also... You just were entertained by him. Yeah, I mean, I probably connected with him the closest. I was a geek nerd, so mm-hmm. I connected with that yeah. probably the most. But, uh, no, uh, Billy in this movie... By far the best character. Yeah, they did a great like, job with him. Incredible. Like, And that brings yeah. me to what I was 
just about to say was they reinterpreted those stereotypes because the, all those characters were all kind of based on those stereotypes. Yeah. But only a few of them were successful, in my opinion. And um, that's what I wanted to be critical of. Yeah, I would say Billy was good. I actually enjoyed Jason. I liked Jason, too, yeah. Um, and then... I didn't think he was necessarily... I mean, maybe in the next one he'll be, he'll change, but obviously Austin St. John's interpretation is this very strong, natural leader. Yeah. Whereas this... I can't remember his name. Oh, I forget his name. But this Jason, he kind of has to struggle a little bit. Yeah. Which when which is realistic. I mean, when, that makes and sense. we also talked about it, like those characters were already already introduced in the TV show. Yeah, um, they were already friends. Yeah, uh, it's like Saved by the Bell. You <laughs> you turn the show on and it's already it's like it's already been going. Yeah, uh, Jason, Billy, and Trini were the only ones that I thought had that fit. What's that? Uh, Jason, Billy, and Trini for. Characters, you you thought you're gonna have to rephrase yourself. Well, you said you said where they, oh. they they did it well. Oh, you're saying that, that they um, did those characters well. Yeah, Kimberly and uh, Zach were the ones I felt like kind of the balls dropped. On, yeah, on their characters, especially Zach's the most. Yeah, Zach's character was the one that first comes to mind when I think yeah. of like ah, uh, like. You just you missed the mark. Yeah, they, he's, he's not he's not Zach Taylor. No, he's some other guy with the same name. Yeah, it, it's really weird. Like, I don't know. Zach was always the like super. I mean, they've they've done new takes, so I I guess it's just weird that none of each of the person's people's personalities stuck with them. Mm-hmm. Like, there's something there. Like, Jason was the born leader. Who well, they even much... got Kimberly's backstory of being a popular girl right. That's okay. true. I, yeah, I don't think you had a problem yeah. with the things they did with her, like uh, the things she said, right? And so, no, that was AJ. Oh, okay. Like I defended it because I work with middle schoolers and high schoolers, and that stuff that actually happens. Mm-hmm. Um, I just felt like there's moments of her, like just maybe it was the acting. Mm. Um. That was just kind of weird uh, with her, but like it's not. It wasn't bad. Mm-hmm. Like I still enjoyed every single character. Mm-hmm. Um, even like Zach made me laugh a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Like his character still entertained me. I just feel like out of all of them, his was the least like the original character. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe even Trini. Like Trini. Probably actually, uh, I, I was gonna I was gonna say for me it's it's uh, Zach and Trini. Okay, um, um, I just like I enjoyed Trini's character. Um, she was okay. She was just so far removed from Ty Trang's character, who is just like I'm really because because that char- that character um, the original Trini is so just. I know what I'm doing. I'm confident. I'm a good mm-hmm. martial artist, and she was. Really, out of all of them, I think the most well-adjusted, um, and this Trini is, is not, ironically she's, she, she's the most she's kind of snarky mm-hmm. and she's introverted and she has some things that she's not entirely comfortable with just sharing with everyone. Yeah, you know, and obviously there there are just things that she 
for those who Fables haven't, with. for those who haven't seen the movie, we're basing this off of the original characters. Within the movie, everything makes sense. Yes. Um, yeah. That's actually one of the reasons I I've given it this as high as a score as I can. Mm-hmm. Um, is because the the team building in this movie is really well done. It's literally the Breakfast Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and each character has their own personality. No one's a carbon copy. Mm-hmm. Um, they make sense within this universe, each character. Yeah. I um, give it a 7.5 as well. Yeah. That's what I say as well. Uh, the only thing is, I mean, I, I know everyone harps on this the most, the lack of morphing. <laughs> uh, yeah. There could have been more morphing. Uh, it's, we, you literally have a morphing action sequence for the last 30 minutes of the movie. Mm-hmm. However, the battle between Goldar and the Megazord is pretty boss. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah, that's an awesome battle scene. Um, it's really, it's really very different than I than I imagined it in my yeah. head, and that was pretty cool. Yeah, I like how they do, they did the putties. Um, yeah, the putties were really nice. <clears throat> and oh, Rita they were really threatening. Rita and the putties were both very threatening. Yeah, and holy cow, she's scary. Yeah, scaredy, scaredy. Yeah, no, she's she's really a a vile, disgusting villain. Yeah, she's gross. Her she fits her last name finally. Yes. Yeah. I uh, also wanted to remember, remember, acknowledge the first five minutes of the movie, which were freaking cool. Oh yes, that was yeah. so good. I yeah. could have just watched a movie based on yeah. that part. Yeah, which is and I kind of don't. That's actually something that I don't want to spoil too much. Okay, of, but we can talk about it a little bit. Uh, we... I mean, it's just the formation, or it's the last Power Rangers before this Power Rangers, also. right? Yeah, yeah, which was, and they were on Earth, yes, but they were an alien race, yes. Protecting or there's, they're, uh, crystal, <laughs> uh, there's, crystal. There's, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. And um, uh, basically, you find out that cer- a certain someone was really the first Red Ranger, and a yes. certain someone was actually the first Green Ranger. Well, not the first, but the the Red Ranger and Green Ranger before. We don't really know. I guess I'm I'm assuming that was the first generation of Power Rangers. But I don't, I don't oh. know. Who knows? Who knows? Okay. Just because they were still... I don't know. Just because they were first... They were dinosaurs. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. But yeah. Really well done, uh, character-wise. Um, so what are some things we didn't like? Like, really didn't like? I'm trying to think. Uh, there was... The moment with the campfire was not needed, in my opinion. You mean that whole go-around-let's-tell-our-story thing? Yeah. That was kind of weird. Um... I thought it was kind of a cop-out scene for um, conveying to the audience what each character's problems are and who yeah. they are. They could have been a little more... They could have been a little less, like, going through the motions. Oh, we're going to go around a campfire and tell you everything. Yeah. It just seems like a really easy way to introduce the characters to the audience... I would have liked them to be more creative where it's like there's just an interaction with Jason and Kimberly or there's an interaction with 
Zack and Trini and you learn this about the other character yeah. without them having to be like, oh, let's point at you. Now you tell us your story. Let's point yeah. at you. So I thought that part was a little bit shoehorned. Not even shoehorned. Just it could have been better. Yeah. It wasn't like terrible. I just didn't think that it was the best, most artistic way to do it. Uh, then there's the whole issue, the whole Iron Man issue of that they paid these actors so they want to get their money's worth so they're going to show their face. So you don't see them with the masks on a whole lot. You see them with the masks on for like a brief two-minute fight scene. Uh, and then after that, when they're inside the vehicles, they have their masks off. Um, the, the, well, the visors are up. They're still, the visors, they're still yeah. in their helmet. The helmet's on, but their visors are up, so you see their face. So it's like, I I hope that in this next movie, going forward, that we see, first of all, more action. Uh, there's, I don't know, I feel like we got a lot of good character development in this one, that we don't need so much time dedicated to that. Mm. Um, which I'm glad that this movie did. Uh, but going forward, uh, in order for the series to last, which Saban says he has plans for six movies, um, it's a lot of movies, it's a lot of movies, you need action. (laughs) Like, you need, you need that action in there. Also, Um, if you're gonna make, if you're gonna make six movies, you better have time for both the Green Ranger and the White Ranger. I'm hoping, I'm hoping for a crossover there. Maybe in the last one, um, he becomes the White Ranger. Maybe. Or something something like of that sort. Yeah. I don't know. I think six movies is an awful lot of time. Yeah. It is. It's crazy. And hopefully they can cover a lot of the classic Power Rangers. Story arc. Story arc, yeah, and reinterpret it. Because they did, they did um, include a lot of things, you know, little tidbits of dialogue and uh, facts about, like, say, the command center how morphing works and all, and all those things from mm-hmm. the original show. Like, the, they talk about the morphing grid, they talk about teleporting, and they talk about the zords. Then there's the rules. Yeah. The oh, rules. The, the codes. Yeah, the codes, the, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They did, they did keep all those things. I'm interested to see oh. how they handle things in the future, like calling on the zords. I hope they don't just have to be in Zordon's command center every single time they use the zords. Yeah. Because that just wouldn't be very convenient if you're a superhero. Yeah. Uh, however, Zordon and Alpha 5, perfect. They like, were awesome. Like, I had, I had, I was iffy because I saw the original, like, the concept art of Alpha 5. Mm-hmm. Where I was like, oh man, it looks like a stupid little alien. Uh, but Bill Hader as Alpha 5 is perfect. And like, you ignore it. You can, like, any... I actually, it grew on me. I, yeah, by I, the end you're like, oh, that's Alpha 5. Uh-huh. Uh, and then... Bill, uh, Brian Cranston as Zordon is awesome. Yeah, he really like, hit it out of the park. I think, I think I'm. I felt more connected to this Zordon than I did to the original. This Zordon, Zordon is better than the original Zordon. Yeah. I'll always love the old voice. Yeah, but as far as like a character goes, dude, it's oh, not even close. Yeah, it's like you actually are like okay, Zordon is a character. Yes. now he's not some hologram. Yeah, in a wall. Well, he is. Oh, well, he is. <laughs> but <laughs> um, but he is more than that. Yeah. Um, yeah, so... So 7.5, I'm excited for the future of these movies. I'll probably see it again. I'm willing to see it again. Um, it's a, it's just a... It's entertaining. Like, it's 
don't go into this movie thinking it's going to be a super deep, like, oh, it's going to speak to me. It is popcorn, popcorn eating entertainment. Mm-hmm. Uh, the characters are just fun. It's very cheesy. The cheese ball is all there. Uh, well, it's cheesy. I'm, gonna, I'm yawning, sorry. Okay. So, but but it's not, um... It's not, it's not the original TV show cheesy, though. No, it's, it's um, like, it's like they cleverly put it, worked, worked in the corn and yeah, the cheese without because the original, overdoing it. The original was 90s cheese, like total 90s. Just ridiculousness. Um, and they somehow made this movie to be that same cheese, but with a modern take and it works well. Yeah. Um, a lot of the jokes hit and I, I laughed a lot. I've. I've quoted it a couple of times, just because there are some lines that are just awesome. Yeah, um, Billy, some good lines. Like just Billy in general. Billy like, and Jason's friendship. We oh, have to touch on that. Billy and Jason's friendship is just awesome. Um, one of the things they did with Billy's character is they actually made him autistic, uh, which is, I think, helps a lot uh, because there's a lot of kids who are nowadays who are nerdy. Is he autistic or does he have Asperger's? Autistic. He said it was aust- autistic. It was aut- autism. Mm-hmm. And so, but there's a lot of kids who have autism, uh, who are into that kind of stuff because a lot of it is introverted. Like I, I want to be by myself. Mm-hmm. Autism is a social disorder, and so, like, Jason stands up for Billy at one point, and Billy's just like, "You're my best friend now," because yeah. no one's ever done that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, just out throughout the movie, like anything that happens, Billy is always like. Wasn't that cool, Jason? Like, yeah, it's really uh, cute. Yeah, it's and, really cute. And you do get the sense that Jason's all like, he's like, I I don't feel the same way about him, uh, but I'm still going to hang around him. And then by the end of the movie, like you see that they are closer together, um, and he's starting to accept that friendship even more. Yeah. But. So. My topic is the Last Jedi trailer, which we were going to have to discuss that tonight anyway. Yeah. It's probably, I mean, in my opinion, our most exciting piece of information in this whole podcast right here. I don't know. The uh, uh, Dark Phoenix thing was pretty uh, invigorating. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's, you know, way more exciting. I know... uh, I know how much all those movies meant to you. Oh, uh, they just mean so much. And how like you if, think they keep getting better. Yeah, like with every single one. They just they they just get that dynamic of the characters just so right uh, that I have definitely paid money to see every single one. All of them. Yeah. I set that up for you. Thanks. Because I know you'd like to make that joke. Yeah, because I, 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 I don't hate... I actually have not. I don't hate the X-Men movies. I have not paid a single dime. Apocalypse is the first one that I haven't seen in theaters in a while, actually. So. I oh. can't I can't claim to... Wait, I will say I did pay money for a... I can't claim to hold it in such low esteem as you do. That sounds kind of mean. I don't mean like it's a bad thing. Wait, what? I thought it was mean towards the X-Men movies. Yeah, but I'm not trying to say like, oh, you don't like it. Shame well, for shame. I guess I don't. I don't mean it like that. A lot of people do. <laughs> I don't mean it. Like uh, that. You, you can, no, but you I didn't. I didn't like it. I did until... see. I did see Logan. I paid for Logan. I need to see that. You movie. haven't. Why have I not seen Logan? I don't know. It's a great question. I'd love to talk about it on the podcast, but you haven't seen it yet. 
So, once you do, we can talk about it. Uh, Last Jedi, though. Um, I don't even know where to begin. Uh, probably uh, the beginning. No, that's not the first thing I want to talk about. The beginning. I do want to talk. The beginning of the trailer is the first thing I want to talk about. Yeah. I mean, you have Ray, like breathing heavily, and you have Luke, who has spoken for the first time. We haven't seen Luke speak, or seen, heard Luke speak, in over thirty years. Uh, he speaks for the very first time, uh, telling her to breathe, like giving her meditation of what seems to be like she's having some kind of like like psychic vision attack um and she's remembering a bunch of well, stuff yeah i know i remember the trailer yeah i'm saying like we're reacting to it right or, or are we giving them a play-by-play of the trailer well no i'm saying we <laughs> talk about what no no, we've no seen. I, yeah no no okay so yeah so I I guess what I meant by I don't know where to begin is I'm so excited for this trailer for for this movie yeah and this trailer was so well done it like you were saying those first couple lines of Luke saying what do you see breathe yeah you know all these lines also no I'll come back to that because this is something you and I haven't talked about and I'm sure you heard this but anyways so all the classic images you'd want to see in a Star Wars trailer are present. With the Falcon. explosions, Millennium Falcon, Oscar Isaac, though the he... the morphing of the original soundtrack but with the new soundtrack as the, well. The... What's up? So on the soundtrack, like they morphed the original original trilogy soundtrack with like a new dark like under like a like a serious undertone kind of soundtrack. Hmm. I, I didn't. Did you read this? No, I heard it when I was listening to the trailer. I don't, I don't understand what you mean. Okay. No, no, I'm, no. I'm asking for like elaboration. Like, I don't. What do you, What do you mean they morphed? Well, there's the original soundtrack. The original theme, Star Wars. Well, they theme. usually always. You don't. You don't think this music was entirely just recorded for this trailer? No, I, I think it was. But it's like a morphine of the take. Oh, 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 yeah, yeah, where, Okay, yeah, where it's like a new take on it. Kind of. Okay. But it's still kind of... It uses the original theme. But it's, okay. it's like adding a new element that has like a serious, darker tone to it. Yeah. Okay, so... Okay, what I... Th- I thought you meant like they went back and you... you like you had researched that like they took the track of one of no. the... No. And like more... <laughs> no. I, I was like, that sounds awfully specific that they would actually do... It. Okay, yeah. Um... The I mean, music in the trailer. Might have, the music but... in the trailer is awesome. Yeah, really um, well done. John Williams is he is he composing for this one? Didn't he do the first? Didn't he do seven? He did do seven. I heard that was the last one he was gonna do. Oh really? Maybe he did. I mean, now I, I have to go look this up. Yeah, we can look it up. We'll get we'll get back to you next week. But I, but I hope that they I hope that he writes the music for eight. Maybe. It was it was a rumor that he was gonna stop at seven. But I really hope that's not true. Yeah. Did you ever hear that? No. Yeah, Kevin and I were talking about that because we were kind of sad. That is sad. Yeah. He's he's part of those movies. But, um... Of course, everyone is just obsessed over the last line Luke has in the trailer. The Jedi have to die. The, the Jedi must end, or... Jedi must end, yeah. Yeah. And... 
of course, the everyday, you know, casual fan, cash nerd, the, 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 yeah, the cash fans, they're all like, "What does this mean? That what they're just mean? gonna all um, die? It's going to stop doing the force using and the lightsabers." Someone, someone <laughs> told me that they were like. Luke's gonna be Luke's gonna turn to the dark side, and I'm like, oh, what? So it's Snow, Kylo Ren, Luke, and then Ray against all three of them. <laughs> yeah, because that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, it does. So much sense. I swear to God, some people like have these ideas, and it's like, did you think about like the rest of the movie first? <laughs> because there's just nothing else. I mean, I I really hope that also isn't what we've they have already dealt with Luke almost turning to the dark side. That was Return of the Jedi, folks. Yeah, yeah. we've already seen that he's. He rises above that, no matter what situation he's in. Well, that was also one of the gripes with the expanded universe was the term. He kept doing that. Yeah, like I think in Dark Empire that happens. I'm I that one. That's one that I haven't actually read, but I've read a little bit up on what fans thought about it. And one of the gripes is like we kind of already dealt with this with Luke, like dealing with his inner dark side. Yeah, not DC villain. What's up? Inner dark side. Yeah, not not S E. Yeah. S I. Um but uh Luke clearly it feels strongly that the old ways of the Jedi are not gonna hold up anymore. Correct. I'm interested to see if if it's Ray who changes his mind to, you know, get him to rethink, like, the direction he's going, because who knows, maybe Luke is in in the corner of we, it just can't exist, period. Yeah. And maybe Ray is like, no, like, it has to keep keep on going. Yeah, because then or, evil just wins. Right. Or is it going to be Luke's idea? Is, is this something Luke has been internalizing while he's been away? For the past 30 years? <laughs> yeah. Well, <clears throat> 18, I think. Yeah. It's like 15 or something like that. Yeah. Maybe. Because it, that's how old Ray would have been. How yeah. old's Ray's character in that one scene when she's a little girl? I thought she was like 9 or 10. Is she like 9 or 10? Yeah. She's a little kid, so... And how old is the character Ray supposed to be-ish? Mid-20s? Mid-20s? Early 20s? Uh, early 20s, I think. She's like 22, I think. 22 or 23. Okay. So, basically... We don't really know how Luke's gonna keep things going because something in order in order to push the movie forward, obviously yes. the obviously he and Ray have to do stuff. Yeah. Well, so, the movie's only like ten minutes, and he just goes jammed in, and then they just live on that rock for the rest of the rest. <laughs> and then I always, and Kylo takes over the universe. I always there, there was another movie I was thinking like, what if like that was the end of it? There's a whole meme based off of like. Uh, lines of dialogue that would end the Star Wars universe. Oh, I know. Like that would just stop the movies. Um, oh, there's there's so many. Like one of them is when Dooku is like telling Obi Wan to join him, and Obi Wan's like, "Oh, okay." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's like, <laughs> yeah, he's just like, and it's, oh, sure, and then it's all like Star Wars. Like, yeah, it's and, like and, and, and it just world. ends yeah. because nothing would matter after yeah, that. Yeah, or um. Oh gosh, fantastic moment! 
Remember in episode four when the escape pod goes by and they're yeah. about to shoot it down? Yeah. And they're just like, oh, shoot. There goes another one. Crants <laughs> <laughs> roll. And they, well, because the plans are destroyed. Yeah. I think that would be brilliant. Yeah. Yeah. I just, I don't know. I just thought about that. I think, I think that'd be great. Um, but not great. Not great. Not great. Because we had them. But that would end it in one, in one stroke it right would. there. What's another, what's another moment in the... Uh, what's one on Empire? There's gotta be a moment in Empire Strikes Back. Oh, Luke joining Darth Vader. Just oh, just just yeah. right there, destroying just like, him. Oh, okay. Or Luke dying. Yeah. Or Luke <laughs> killing Darth Vader. <laughs> that would be, but like in a really haphazard way, yeah. where like he turns around the corner and it's Darth Vader, and and Luke goes, oh, what if Luke goes, oh shit, and then, <laughs> and then he just takes a a, a a nervous strike at Vader yeah. and just cuts him in half. Yeah. Or what if they got eaten by the worm? Ooh, yeah. I would have just ended it right <laughs> yeah, there. It's like, okay. That's uh, yeah. Or no, I, I got a really, really dumb one. Like, not even when they get to the worm yet, but let's say when the Millennium Falcon is flying through the asteroid field and just gets hit dead in the face by, <laughs> by an, an asteroid. asteroid. <laughs> uh, if Luke is about to leave and Yoda's like, no, you're not ready, and Luke's like, oh, okay. And he, and he just stays there yeah. after the asteroid. Yeah. yeah. Um, I mean, that wouldn't end it, but it was, it'd just be like, oh, we don't get that. Oh, I got, a, major. I got a great one. Anakin dies on the pod race. <laughs> what if they don't take him? Yeah. They lie to him to get the parts. <laughs> they, lie him, they lie to him to get the parts, yeah. and then that's the last you see of him yeah. in there. And then the whole movie is just Qui-Gon Jinn on that starship. And then a lot of Actually, I think, dialogue. I think the rest of the movie would keep going because Anakin wasn't a central character to any of the plot. But he needed he needs to be alive and he needs to be with them still. Oh wait, no, never mind. He took out the Trade Federation base. Right. So they would have all died. That's pretty big stuff. That's that's huge. By the way, I love the Obi Wan Kenobi meme you sent me today. I don't think so. I don't. Th- <laughs> I don't think. I don't so. think so. Uh, I love that line. But yeah, so the new trailer. Some people are telling me that they're like, I don't know what this means. Is Luke? It, it, I'm worried Luke's gonna die. People are saying that to me, and so people need to stop taking a lot of like. People need to stop assuming so much off of it's a, a minute really and a op- half. It's a, and it's and yeah. It's a really open yeah. for interpretation we, kind of line. We've literally seen enough of this movie. We've seen Luke talking to Ray, and that's it. Mm-hmm. And her. So the, and the one resistance scene... base being attacked. That's all we've seen. Can I tell you the one scene that is kind of what were you telling dead... me? What's up? You were going to tell me something about things we haven't talked about before. Oh, now I can't remember what. You're like, we haven't even talked about this. Oh, now I can't remember. But a I'm dead sure. giveaway of what? Oh, a dead giveaway that the Jedi, or the, you know, the Jedi in the abstract sense aren't going to die is you see... Ray training. Ray training on that rock area with with, yeah. with, with with the saber. Yeah. So why are people so worried? People are blue in the face over this. Yeah. And they need to you, stop. And you see her training with the saber. You you want to know my opinion? Your opinion? Mm-hmm. Of people? Well, I mean, I guess that's a social, so... 
Of what? Yeah. Our opinions. Yeah, no, I want to hear your uh, opinion. Of course I care about your opinion. This is probably cynical of me, but it's a bunch of people who really don't know anything about Star Wars. Um, who just now started getting into Star Wars because the new movie came out, so it's cool to be into Star Wars. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so they don't, they're not critical thinkers. Mm-hmm. They're not, especially about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. So they take everything at face value and don't remember what they've seen except for the last little bit. Yeah, because it's same people that read clickbait articles. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was saying the tagline at the end of uh, this trailer is essentially like a trailer version of clickbait where it's just trying to get you interested. It's trying to get you to think. But some people don't actually think critically. They react emotionally. Yeah. And for us critical thinkers of Star Wars, it's like, oh, well, that's not actually going to happen. That would be stupid if... If, it'd be like if you if you think about it in a political sense. It'd be like if someone's like the Republicans need to like like re- the Republicans need to end mm-hmm. or what the GOP needs to end. It's like they're not saying that we need to kill all the politicians and I'm not going to be in pol- politics anymore. Mm-hmm. So like no, we have to tackle it from a different point of view. Mm-hmm. That's what it is. Yes. That's a good way to put it. Um, but the trailer looks immaculate. Yeah. I think some of, some of the images in it had me more excited than even, uh, some of the later episode. Actually, well, that's, that's a stretch. I like this trailer more than the Rogue One trailer. I actually didn't think Rogue One had fantastic trailers. Um, except for the third one. Yeah, it was pretty good. The third one, when they showed off... They were all good. The they were all good. Stuff. They weren't... They just... I don't know. The first two were kind of like... Mm. I just didn't like the... The I rebel. Yeah. I'm glad they ditched that line. Yeah. That was a dreadful were, line. Ooh, no, maybe the first trailer... The trailer was... It was just the alarm. We're just like... When that trailer in theaters... was awesome. But... No, this trailer I'm excited to see in theaters. The most excited I've ever been at, you know, any Star Wars trailer in my life, I think, has to be the teaser episode, episode 7. The teaser? The very, the, the very first one. Or the first trailer. Honestly, the teaser might have had me... Well, the first trailer I reacted more... Emo, or pardon me, the, the, the real big trailer I reacted yeah. more emotionally to. The teaser... Yeah, but no. I think I think the teaser got me pumped. Yeah, the teaser was I remember it was Black Friday for me. Yeah, uh, and it was just awesome. Like I'm sitting there, I'm like, oh, and then you have Finn pop up, and you have Ray, like shooting away on the speeder, mm-hmm. BB-8 rolling, and then freaking Kylo Ren turning on that that triple lightsaber, mm-hmm. the saber with the hilt, and it's just like. Doosh, doosh. And you're like, what? I remember I was I was at Sears because I used to work at Sears and it was Black Friday, so I was there. It was midnight. I had it on the TV. I'm like, I don't care what anyone else is doing right now. I'm watching this right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it came up, and when that happened, I was just all like, no freaking way, man. Mm-hmm. I was like, I was so excited. That was one of the coolest things ever. Mm-hmm. I'm like, why didn't anyone think of that in the first place? Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people were upset about it, but I loved it. 
Yeah. I still love it. His lightsaber is boss. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So, what really got me about the main trailer was seeing the slow pan with the deserted old Star Destroyer. Star Destroyer. I got real, I teared up. Is that Star Destroyer right there? That's right. The one at the at the, the Battle of Jakku. Yeah. Yeah. That's where that final battle between the Empire and the Rebels was. Yes. Um, so that opening part and then the, the tagline of Chewie, we're home. Just, it was too much yeah. for me to take, to take motion, emotionally. But see, here's where I differentiate between my excitement for this movie and my emotional... Uh, attachment to Star Wars, you know, with just, like, having been so excited to just see a new Star Wars movie that, you know, we haven't seen one in a long time, finally we're getting back to the Skywalker storyline. Yeah. With, with you know, Mark Hamill and, and, uh, kind of. Carrie Fisher and, and... Kind of over and... Well, yeah, but it was just, you know, the, the, oh, the, the original, original. knowing yeah. the original cast was going to be in it. But I think the thing was, as emotional as I got over the trailers, there was still part of me where it's like inside I'm thinking, what if it's not good though? Yeah. And it was good. Yeah. And there are the haters who say, oh, wasn't that good? But it's like, watch the trailers, or probably not, probably not the trailers, <laughs> watch the prequels and <laughs> and tell me like, yeah. tell me you don't like this. Tell yeah. me like you're not, you're not just hungry for more yeah. Star Wars. It just feels, it oozes... Star, Star Wars. Wars, yeah, and that's what we, and the plot works, yeah, and you you like the new characters. I don't care if the plot line's a little rehashed. Who cares? Yeah, quit being so damn critical. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's there, but there's so much to enjoy. Um, whereas, so, um, I, I guess I was just excited that we were gonna get new Star Wars and that it was gonna feel like Star Wars. But part of me was like, what if the movie itself, like the you know, the flow. And the script. What if there's problems with it? Mm-hmm. Which the script didn't have any problems. So now after having seen that movie and knowing that I think I'm going to go into these three movies, seven, eight, nine, you know, liking the way this part of the story is going to look, yeah. I think now I have this reassurance where it's like I'm more like riding this Star Wars high yeah. and I'm... I already know I'm going to love it. I just, I don't have any doubt. I think last time I was really emotionally um, stirred, Mm -hmm. but there was that little bit of doubt that it might not be fantastic. Like, what if it just tanks? And of course it did the opposite. Yeah. It skyrocketed. I'm just just really excited. Yeah. But, so yeah, that's that's my topic. I think it's going to be great. This holiday... This holiday. It's December. More, more important. But okay. So, so now we're going on to our recent reads. Favorite recent reads. Uh, mine was I read Rick Remender's Captain America, which was written in 2012 to 2013, and it was really good. Really good stuff. Uh, like it has. The whole series starts out with uh, Captain America trying to like spy on a certain person uh like just a random person going onto this train for the i think they think it's a hydra base and so he gets in onto the train and it like starts going and all the people on the train turn into like 
mutated creatures. And, like, his arms get locked and he gets to, sent to this place called Dimension Z, which is ruled by Armin Zola, who is a crazy German doctor who hates uh, Captain America. And it's insane. Like, he gets trapped there. Uh, and Zola had, he, like, lab-created these two children. Mm-hmm. Uh, and one of them, is his daughter is the oldest, and uh, the son was, like, a baby. And so Captain America, while escaping, took the baby to, like, pretty much, like, I need to save this kid from Zola. Mm-hmm. But he gets trapped on Dimension Z, and it's pretty much, they're there for 11 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so he's raised this kid, and it's, like, his own son and everything, and it's pretty, it's pretty insane. It's pretty crazy awesome. Uh, and, <clears throat> and, uh, but only... Only seconds had passed in our time, mm-hmm. so then it ends up uh, as soon as, like, Sharon was right behind him. Sharon Carter mm-hmm. was right behind him, and was like, we need to get you out of here. And uh, he's like, I've been here for 11 years. He's mm-hmm. like, uh, so it's pretty, it's really cool. It's a really cool take on Captain America, just seeing who he was. You see more of his backstory, that his dad was an alcoholic who abused his mom. Hmm. Uh, and then his dad ended up dying, and then his mom ended up getting sick and dying. Uh, and it's just, and the whole time, like, his mom is just like, you need to stand your ground no matter what. Mm-hmm. Like, you stand your ground. Um, and it just really plays into who Captain America is, because at one point they tried to use what happened to his dad against him. They're all like, you're just like your father. Uh... And he's like, you know what? I am my father. My father was a good man who had lost hope. And through that hope, that was his downfall. And so it's like this whole moment, because cool. his, his mom keeps telling him, is like, your dad has done horrible things, but he he is a good man. He has just lost hope. And that hope, that loss of hope turned him to alcohol, mm-hmm. which turned him into the monster he became. But he is a good man. So it was just this really cool, interesting take on just humans in general uh of how we tend to demonize certain things where we we tend to demonize certain people yeah uh, where we need to demonize the action that happens yes it's a that reminds me so much of bill burr's spiel on arnold schwarzenegger yes remember that yes that's a so i, I don't know I, I just had to make the comparison also because yeah. you're familiar with that bit yes uh no and it's it was just a really cool take on that uh the things that people do do not make them who they are um because life situations can ruin a person yes um doesn't mean we should accept their actions no we should always be speaking out against their actions um but uh demonizing the person only creates a worse problem um and you you never it never progresses someone's capability of doing anything because all they're hearing is you telling them that they are a monster yeah uh so it was it was really cool it was just really cool to see um and read uh and seeing captain america be good old cap yeah um they like always stood his ground and didn't let anyone uh oh there's this cool moment where like his son uh like gets back 
gets captured by Zola. Mm-hmm. And Zola's like, you are my son. And it's like, you're in, uh, Steve called him, uh, what was the, Ian. Mm-hmm. So his name was Ian Rogers. And the Zola was like, no, your name's Leopar- Le- Leopold Zola. Uh, and so he, like, brainwashed him, so he thought he was Leopold Zola. Mm-hmm. And, like, he actually shoots Captain America and, like, is about to kill him. Mm-hmm. And then Cap's all like, you can kill me. I. He's like, the only thing I ask is that, what is your name? And he's like, are you Ian Rogers or are you Leopold Zola? Mm-hmm. He's like, whatever choice you make, I accept. Mm-hmm. But I need, I need you to know who you actually are. Mm-hmm. And the kid's like, I'm Ian Rogers. And, like, drops the gun and, like, grabs his hand. It's like, oh! That's it's cool. really good. Um, but, so I recommend it to anyone. Um, yeah, it was Captain America, Rick Remender. Um, I think it was, like, 2012 to 2013 or 2014. Mm-hmm. Really good run. But so I just recently read that mm-hmm. run. Cool. Well, so mine is on uh, the lead singer of Coed and Cambria's saga, The Amory Wars. Uh, good Apollo, I am Burning Star Four from Fear Through the Eyes of Madness, and that is Good Apollo Volume One. Uh, volume Two is No World for Tomorrow, and I don't know when the heck that's going to be coming out because he's so busy. With music and then other comic book lines that he's done um, that he doesn't, you know, have time to keep going with just the series. Um, he had a zombie apocalypse trade or two for called In the Key of Z. That was an interesting trade that I read. I didn't finish it. Um, but very Walking Dead-esque. And then uh, he had one, a one-off uh, trade called uh, Kill Audio, which is actually one of the most bizarre and fantastic and interesting uh journey based stories that i've that i've uh familiarized myself with it mm-hmm. reminds me very much of a combination of wizard of oz and uh kind of a more messed up take on lord of the rings or something it's 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 this long trek mm-hmm. i wouldn't compare it to the dark tower because the dark tower is so long and so extended it's really much more similar to like actually I would say The Hobbit, The yeah. Hobbit and was and Wizard of Oz. So he's proven that he can write different genres and stuff. And the first thing he ever did was The Amory Wars, which is what he's finally back to. Um, and that was uh, based around the characters Coheed and Cambria, who are based on his parents. And uh, the main character currently in the story is this uh, messianic character named uh uh the crowing who is who he claudio is trying to uh become and try he's going through this process where he's trying to accept the fact that he is kind of this messiah but not in a messiah the way christ was he isn't here to like die for our sins or anything he's just he is just a man but he is here in essence, to save the world, or in essence, the galaxy, from this, basically, a godlike uh, creature, this this dictator, who has become so powerful that really no, no one and nothing can stop him. Mm-hmm. And that's what his mission is, is to take this guy down, essentially. But he's 
struggling with like, okay, how can we trust the, the, these scriptures that were written so long ago? So it's kind of a, a, a faith-based issue where it's like it, it gets into like this universe's take on like what their what their scripture is. Okay. And um, the book is called The Gainsgrad, and um, there are these things called the Prize, which are an alien race, uh, but they they look oddly similar to angels, not the ones Anakin talks about in Episode One. Yes. The are angels. you an angel? Yeah, but... Um, Those angels were in the Clone Wars. Oh, cool. Really? Yeah. How do they look? You saw them. No, you fell asleep. Never mind. <laughs> Sorry, I pulled a Miles. <laughs> yeah, you watched the episode that they were in. Uh, I remember that, actually. No. There was a evil... There was a dark side one and a light side one. Nice. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I'll have to go back and rewatch it. I'm curious to see how they looked. But, uh, so, at this point in the story, he's done a lot, um, and in case anyone is interested in actually going out and reading it, or who hasn't gotten all the way through it, um, uh, basically, right now, as the quote says in, on the album, the fiction, uh, meets the real, which is a, a famous quote from one of the, one of their songs, and the first, uh, issue is... Basically, what the first track on the album? Uh, uh, oh, shoot, why am I forgetting the name of the track? I'm I, I'm totally blanking on the name of the track, but uh, it's basically introducing a fictional version of Claudio, the author. It's this character based around him and his experiences with this girl and how it's relating to his storyline okay. and how this this female character in the story is based around her, this this female character who he's, who he's dating, mm-hmm. but she doesn't really like that. She thinks it's weird that he's more immersed in the character and creating this bit of fiction and living this kind of other life than, than actually, you know, being with her. Yeah. So this is where his life is like, he's, he's going crazy because he has other types of mental health issues. And uh, these are where the story gets embellished a bit, and I think that's why he chose to create a fictional version of himself with more problems. Okay. Basically, he's a he's a this his, the, this fictional version of himself. He gives himself an alias. His name is Ryder, R R Y D E R. Yeah. And uh, it's basically just introducing which what kind of mind would create a story like this. So I think he took a lot of liberties with making himself more messed up and more even even more flawed than maybe he might be. I don't know. I don't. I don't know Claudio Sanchez personally, but uh, he seems. Like, call him Claudio Sanchez. <laughs> he seems like a pretty nice guy <laughs> from the interviews. Like I like that no, I mean, joke. Yeah. character. Yeah. No. Yeah. Flaudio. Flaudio. Yeah. Um, but anyway, so it's starting off really interesting. Um, they're they're putting him through these simulations where he's. Uh, being tested to his absolute limits of the powers he can use and how he has to save people. It's really cool. Um, hmm. Just these simulations. And he he can't deal with some of the things that um, his foes are saying to him as he's fighting them. Yeah. Taking cheap shots at his parents, calling his dad a murderer. Because uh, in the very first volume, his dad, basically a trigger went off in his brain and his dad was made into a monster and mm-hmm. went off on this killing spree. Okay. And he knows deep in his heart that his dad is not that person, but yeah. it's what happened in the story. So it's like, can this guy overcome all these, all these things in his way? He really has more to deal with than anyone in real life could possibly ever deal with this, yeah. this, this character. 
And this is the first time where you're meeting the author who created him and what inspired the story. So That's pretty cool. Yep. It's pretty pretty out there. Yeah. Well, that's it for this week. Thank you. Uh, like we said, uh, we will be continuing on. Um, and then in two weeks, we will be talking about Guardians. Um, next week, we'll just be another... Probably just catching up on things we haven't talked about yet. Um, probably more... Star Wars Celebration did happen two weeks ago. Probably talking more about that. Uh, talking about comics, just in general. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, if you guys want to connect with us more, we are on Facebook... Uh, and Twitter, um, Origins and Adaptations, and yeah, just let us know. Please, please and thank you. Have a great one.